For the first time in more than five and a half years, we finally tonight have a few new answers to a question that has loomed over Indiana and over the town of Delphi. Who killed Abby Williams and Living Jordan? From the end of the bridge to you got to go through. Now, I believe that the bodies were found about 50. A suspect in the criminal investigation out of Fort Hood is dead. Officials say he killed himself overnight. They needed that little music in the background. It goes, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Right. Knew about it or was there. It's, he's as guilty as the person who committed Chilling the details in the arrest of a suspected serial killer caught before he could strike again. Him, they, they, they dropped the ball, man. Like They say he went AWOL. Mm. And that, uh, that he was a deserter. And nobody went to look for him. He sees him taking off with the wife. They end up finding the wife uh, murdered with the uh, the baby out of her, and they found the baby in another place. Hey, greetings from the year three thousand. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Fry. And you're listening to The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Murder Mystery Show, uh, where we talk some true crime, past and present um, murder mysteries that are going on in the world. And uh, I'm your host, Daniel J. And alongside with me, as usual, is Big Blue. How how you doing tonight, Big Blue? I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, no, uh, we're running a little late, probably because of me tonight, guys. Man, I couldn't get my computer to connect to the internet good today. So hopefully, it don't cut out here and there. It's all good. It's all good. Hopefully, um, Jaime will be in here shortly. I'm not sure where he's at right now, but he did mention that he would be probably running in a little bit late and could be jumping in later on. Are you, are you drinking with me tonight, Big Blue? No, I have to work tonight, so I can't tonight. But oh. Well, I busted out. I'm feeling a lot better, guys, and I'll explain that here in a minute. But I busted out the little bit of Crown uh, with some Coke. Uh, I feel a lot better today. In full disclosure, y'all, on Thursday, and this is why we didn't have a Friday show, but Thursday uh, morning, I had to have a uh, emergency uh, appendectomy. I have a uh, organ that was taken out of me. <laughs> um, was not planned, of course. I was um, <clears throat> uh, just, you know, actually, I was doing the last Drunk Turkey show on Wednesday night. And I was like, man, I'm not really feeling good. We cut it off. I went to the hospital afterwards. Next thing I know, I have a uh, uh, appendicitis and I need to need to have surgery and had surgery the uh, the morning of. Um, pretty, pretty crazy couple of events, which led to us, of course, unfortunately not being able to meet up on Friday. We will be having, uh, another show on Friday where you, the, uh, uh, the guests in the, uh, audience and in the live chat, will be able to, uh, come on the show. We'll give out the stream yard like we've done in the past. We'll answer questions and, and take your comments on, on any of the cases that we've covered or, or if you want to talk some conspiracy or aliens or things of that nature, 
uh, we also cover those things. So we'll be doing that on Friday. Um, with that said, Blue, how was your week? Uh, not too bad, man. I've been pretty busy at work. There's a lot of flu going around right now, so it's not uh, it's busy. Let's just put it that way. I mean, I work overnight. Normally, it's a slow shift, and we've been pretty pretty slammed. Got you, got you. Understood, man. Understood. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, Bonnie uh, Wingard says in the live chat, she's like, "Wow, well, take it easy." Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I, I, I'll tell you what, it's not the easiest thing to go through. It's probably not the most difficult surgery as well. But, man, those couple of days after the surgery, you really feel like crap. That's for sure. Um, My but, question is, how was the food? Oh, dude, I couldn't eat. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. I tried. They, uh, I ordered a taco. And um, it came in and I like my food hot. Like it has to be hot to the max. I don't like cold food. And they brought it to me and it was it was extremely hot. So it was just the way I like it. I took one bite and reached for the barf bag, bro. It was uh, not happening. I don't think I ate the first day after the okay. surgery. It was, it, it was not happening. Um, have, have you had your appendix removed? No, no. I, like I tell you, I had that pain last week. I thought I, I, thought I was having a something awesome man but i think mine's just a muscle strain but, oh yeah uh, well well you don't want appendicitis i'll tell you what man it uh it was painful man on on it, it started tuesday actually like I, I i woke up and had an odd craving for um some barbacoa tacos and uh ordered them and uh i took two bites and all of a sudden i just started feeling like like miniature bombs were exploding in my stomach. Like I was like, what in the world's going on? Like cramps, like crazy. Uh, I was joking. My wife, I was like, I think I'm having Braxton Hicks contractions going on right now. And <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's happening here. And, you know, took some digestive medication, some Pepto, some, some, uh, Tums and stuff like that. And nausea medication to help me. And, and after that first day, I started to feel a little bit better, but the next day it still didn't go away. Um, it started to get a little bit worse. And in fact, I almost called the show that night, but you know, by that point I was feeling okay. I was feeling all right. But after the show, I was like, you know what, this pain's still here and it's feeling kind of weird. It's probably best. I should, I should go in there and, um, uh, and man, see what's going on. You weren't doing too well. So man, you, I'm glad you went, man. Glad you went. Cause you don't want that to rupture and have a different outcome. Oh, for sure, man. It was um, that would have been scary. And not only that, like the entire situation was a little bit nerve wracking. Um, this was my second surgery. The first one that I had was a ruptured Achilles tendon that I <laughs> that I put myself through a couple years ago. Um, I think it was what, January of 2020. I was out in uh, Colorado pushing a truck and whack. Achilles tendon ruptured. And uh, that was my first surgery. And and I'll tell you what, I was super nervous about that one because I'd never gone under the knife or, or un, you know, been put to sleep for a, a procedure like that. And so this time around, I wasn't as nervous about it, but it's still an easy man. It's it was it. it I don't wish it upon anybody. So everyone just take care of yourselves and you'll, you'll be all right. So um, since the last time we spoke. There's been a couple of updates in this case, the the Idaho murders case. Um, there's been a couple of news articles and some 
uh, videos that have come out kind of kind of pointing, you know, where the girls were at uh, or the, you know, inside the house. There's been some videos and speculation as to how the intruder made entry. And we spoke about that the last time, a couple of times we were on. And they talked about a possible target um, referencing one of these um, one of these young ladies. And so um, before we get into all that, did you do you have any comments or questions about this case so far, Blue, before we get into all the all the all the stuff that we have to go over today? No, I mean, uh, I just been seeing some of the clips, you know, I just feel bad for the family, you know, uh, the dad uh, said something pretty crazy today that I saw in one of the interviews. He said, I sent my daughter there for an education, uh, for a better life. And I got her back in the box. Yeah. No. So he was referring to because they don't want to give him any information either. And, you know, he paid, you know, he had, he paid for the funeral. He paid for everything. And. Um, you know, he, I think they still have the, the house on lockdown, you know what I mean? It's the crime scene. So he can't even get his daughter's belongings and stuff yet. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's, um, definitely true. And so let's actually go through some of those interviews. What we're going to do is we're going to, uh, post up some of the interviews. We're going to go through them. We're going to watch them together. I'm going to be breaking them apart. Uh, we're not going to watch them 100% straight through. We're going to watch maybe a minute or two or so, and then we'll pause the video and then kind of give a breakdown of what we're hearing, what we're thinking the family is saying and and what they're alluding to, so to speak. And then we'll try to put some pieces together based on the information that we find. Um, This first clip that I wanted to show everybody and we wanted to talk to to, uh, or bring out is actually the uh, it's uh, the parents of Kaylee Goncalves, Steve and Christy. They were with uh, Fox News kind of talking about. Uh, the differences in um, in the way these girls were were killed, and that potentially could lead to one of them being the target. And we'll, we'll watch this, and then we'll uh, uh, we'll pause it here and there, and then give our uh, our our um, our opinions. Uh, Blue, would you just mute your mic that way? Um, there's no feedback. Yeah, let's do this. Joining me now on set, the parents of Kaylee Gonzalez, Christy and Steve Gonzalez. Thank y'all so much for being with me. Um, you guys have been so transparent and strong for the public. Christy, you called the person that did this the boogeyman. Yeah. What did you mean by that? It's literally like what nightmares are made of. Like when you're a little kid and you think of the boogeyman, that's just how I feel. Like, that's just the horrific details of everything. Them just having a good time going home and going to bed, and this happening to them. Your best friend crawling into bed. Just crawling every, into bed. Every girl and the in America comes. knows what that's the like. The boogeyman doesn't, you know, meet, meet you at McDonald's. I mean, the boogeyman comes and snatches you out of your bedroom. Steve, um, we've been talking. I've been talking to folks in the community. You said something that stuck with me. You said, until this person is caught, you can't sleep in your bed. No. I can't just lay in my bed and do nothing. That's not the way I raised my family. That's not the way I raised my girls and my son. You, you don't be a victim. You stand up for yourself, and you do everything in your power to make sure people hear you. Now, I'm gonna, they're going to hear Kaylee. They're going to hear Maddie. They're going to hear these. these the other two as well. 
Yes. I'm careful saying anything about them because I need to be careful because I can't speak on somebody else's child. But these two girls, I'm not trying to be a glory hound, but these two girls, I'm going to do what I can do. And we're not being victims. We're going to fight. We're going to figure out how to make sure that we hold everybody, you know, accountable and we keep eyes and attention on this and, and get this thing resolved. Steve, you have made it very clear to our audience that you are supportive of law enforcement. You support the investigation. But recently, I've been watching and talking with you, and you're getting frustrated. What does that frustration come from, sir? They put certain people between you and the officers that are making things happen, and those people are like lawyers, and they don't want to say anything, and they don't, they don't have the guts to come up and be alpha and be like leaders and say, hey, we might say something that's wrong. We're going to take that hit. So the officers, they look me straight in their eyes. The lead de detective looked me in his eyes. He, I, get, I have no doubt he's working as hard as he can. But somebody isn't communicating. There's nothing being released. It seems like they're, they're trying to suppress the story. They, we want to put rewards out. They're like, don't do that. Yeah, I get it. Your town doesn't want to have reward posters posted all over when you come and you do your rush. You're not going to get a lot of students if they see those things. But this. So right here, what he's referring to is that he feels that perhaps the school has a little bit of uh, leeway with the police department and the uh, and the uh, the community. They you know, a lot of their economy comes from the university and from uh, visitors coming to the university. And, you know, what he's saying and what his fear is, is that they want to kind of minimize this so that it doesn't affect their economy it, at the place, you know, there in Moscow or Moscow. I'm sorry. And I understand that. But, you know, he also alludes to this is that being also a reason why potentially they uh, the police came out early and said that this was a targeted event. Uh what do you think about that, Big Blue? Do you think that it is possible that the university or the town is trying to protect the uh, the economy of of Moscow versus, you know, trying to find the killer here? I think uh, they're doing, uh, they have a little bit of part of it because I, from what I've seen and reviewed is that they want to try to keep it like that it's still safe there. Because a lot of students didn't want to go back after the Thanksgiving break. You know, they're doing remote learning. Um, I was listening to an interview they did with a few students. And, you know, a class of 25, 30 students is turning out to be a class of four lately. You know, so that's a lot of... I mean, maybe the, the school just... I would, I would think they would have, like, visuals and something for a while like so mostly all the other schools have and then eventually it fades away you know what i mean for sure for yeah. sure something's up with your mic man it's kind of cracking pretty good if you don't mind muting, muting yourself plugging in and out um okay. but yeah no i understand what you're saying and it, it, you know that can be a frustrating thing um and i couldn't imagine feeling that way you know you want the answers for your family you want your answers for for your child and you don't want this to go away you know Everybody knows that after 48 hours, cases turn to get cold and you want to solve them as soon as possible. Um, let's get back into it.
This community is not going to heal until this guy's pulled off the streets. It ain't going to happen. Think it through. It's not going to happen. He has to be off the streets. We all are working for the same thing. When was the last time y'all heard from the police? Thursday. Thursday, we looked at our phone records. We want to be accurate. We don't want to sell anyone out. About 3 o'clock on Thursday. And, and did y'all get an update from the police about the investigation? There was nothing. We have no updates for there you. There was no update. They the needed me to sign a waiver form so that they could investigate something. Some mail. That was mail-related. So we're working with them. We're not selling them out. We love our law, law support. The FBI, everybody that's here. I've, we just have no information as family, and it gets um, tough day after day after day. I mean, every day you just wake up and think today's the day. We're going to hear something, and you see these, oh, there's a break in the case, and it'll just be something stupid. The sixth you know? person in the, there's, on the lease that was never there. Stop playing games. This is serious. These are people's lives, and this is the future of this community. There's going to be 10,000, 15,000 kids that come into this community next year, or they don't. So be I, serious. I, I had the opportunity to speak to some of my sources, and I've been told that there were differences in the way that the victims were killed. Some were more severe than the other. And this week, we heard the tar target attack walk back and then reverse it back to it being a target attack. What can you tell us about the targeted attack? Um, they have told us that it was targeted, and but they told us they can't tell who. We asked specifically, and they said, we'll try to get that information to you. And they got back to us a day or so later, and they said, we're sorry, we can't give you that information. But then a day later, we saw in the news that it was not targeted, or they think the whole house was targeted. But I'll cut to the chase. Yeah. Their means of death don't match. Maddie's they don't. and Kaylee's cause of death. It does yeah. not match based on the autopsy report. They don't match. Yeah, yeah. Would would indicate that one of them. He doesn't have may to go up the steps. Let's stop playing games, guys. I need somebody to step up and be an alpha. Be somebody to be a leader. Don't make me do it. I don't want to do it. He doesn't have to go up the steps. Their match. Their their points of damage don't match. I'm just gonna say it. it wasn't leaked to me. I earned that. I paid for that funeral. I paid for that. It's my right. You ain't taking that. So when we're looking at this part, and he's talking about he doesn't have to go up the steps. That that indicates to me that either he's told or, or whatever the case may be. But if the target was downstairs, then he wouldn't have to go up the stairs afterwards. I believe he either has some information that indicates that the second floor was attacked first. And if the target was on the second floor, then he wouldn't have to go up, up, up to the second floor. He doesn't want to be the one to uh, be the guy to go and announce this, that, hey, uh, you know, my daughter or Madison were, were one of the girls uh, up in the third floor with the target. He doesn't want to have to be on him. He thinks that the police should be out there. And talking about it and um, bringing it to their attention. What do you think about that, Big Blue? Do you do you think that's where he's going with that? And Jaime, so, hold on. Jaime, you're in, but I can't see anything, and your mic's muted as well. So, yo, no, yo, yo. We hear you. We hear you, but we can't see you. Your camera's not oh, working. Um, that's because I'm still not in town. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think you're gonna be able to see me. I'm like driving, so. 
right, all right. I, I, I miscalculated, man. I thought I was going to make it in town, but I didn't have a, you know, stuff came up, you know. No, understood, man. Hey, understood. Glad you're on there. What's it called? I'll, I'll be, uh, I'm about to get home. I'll be there. I'll, I'll jump in, in the next 10 minutes. Perfect. I'll see you in a bit. Perfect. Okay. All right, man. All right. See you in a minute, man. <clears throat> All right, Big Blue. What were you saying? Yeah, I was wondering if my mic was better. Is it still crackling or going out? No, just wait, but. I'll see what uh, to answer the question though. I do think uh, that it, I, I'm getting reports from all over the place that it was targeted. Uh, you're, you're muted, Dan. Um, and they said I think it was the girl, one of the girls on the top floor. that from me calm down if you don't want to say nothing that's your bet but don't say i'm leaking anything i paid that bill sent my daughter to college to get an education she came back in the box and i can speak on that i was also told from sources that are closer to an investigation because there was a lot of roommates in there and this was horrific for those roommates that were there as well absolutely. yeah absolutely the pres preservation of this crime scene. Witnesses tell me that it may have well been preserved because the phone was passed around between one of the fraternity members and the girls. One of them unfortunately witnessed the death, the body there. Can you confirm that? Oh, we cannot actually. We know nothing about that whole phone call we've asked. And, and it's, I mean, I know that a lot of people want to know, but that's just not our agenda. We just are like, somebody called 911, somebody was reported unconscious. We don't really know. I mean, we've heard so many different things and nothing has been clarified or, or been told to us at all. And, and I mean, I don't know if I personally have asked yeah. anything about that. I don't know if you've asked that, but um, we know that this is getting three weeks in and it's starting to get, we don't want it to go cold. Um, we're, we're reaching out. I reached out to uh, friends down in California today. And so they're kind of just going over the same stuff that we were speaking about, how they don't want it to get cold. They don't know anything as far as um, the, the phone call that was made to uh, 911. There's been some um, questions as far as how that works. Uh, but... Um, yeah, we, we they they don't know anything about the 911 call and who called in. But I will say this. I did find another news report somewhere else where the top floor where where uh, the girls were at and found that it is suspected that the killer locked the door on his way out. I would expect or assume that he probably did the same thing in the second floor. And that might be why the call came in as an unconscious person, because they couldn't make entry into either apartment. Um, or into either bedroom, however you want to describe it. And so what I'm assuming and what I can kind of deduce and put together is the fact that <clears throat> both of these doors were locked 
and I'm assuming they uh, the the roommates try to either you know wake up the uh, the people inside, the uh, the victims, and were unable to do so obviously because they were deceased, and they didn't see the blood or the gore that had occurred inside the rooms. They were only calling because they couldn't wake up anybody in the apartment complex, and so it was uh, probably broadcasted as an unconscious subject, and so. Um, with that said, does that that make kind of sense to you, Big Blue, as far as that goes, as far as why they would have called as an unconscious person versus, you know, a deceased person? You know, there's blood everywhere. And this this the scene was described pretty, pretty horrific. Uh, you're muted. I think okay, it's how about now? there it is. And you sound a lot better, too. I'm having issues. With my mic all day, man. How about now? You sound good, man. You sound good. You sound better as well. I can't hear. <laughs> you can't hear now. Uh, well, Big Blue, while you get while you do that, um, trying to figure that out, I'm going to pull up the next video that I wanted to watch and kind of break down with everybody as far as um, what we. Um, all right, I, I unplugged my mic. See, that works a little bit better for right now, but. Yeah, it works a lot better. You're a little bit loud. Let me lower you down. Uh, test it out. How about now? Perfect. 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 So <clears throat> this next clip is also um, Steve. I'm going to call this. This is uh, Kaylee's dad. And uh, this is also on, on Fox News. Uh, let's let's take a look and a listen. I'll, I'll mute you here or make sure you mute yourself. Um, you mentioned here, you talked about the manner in which Kaylee and Maddie were killed is different. And what does that tell you and what are the police telling you that that means? Um, there's a couple things that tell me with common sense, but um, I'm not a professional, so I want to specify that. But they've said the entry point was the slider or the window. It was in the middle floor. So to me. So the last time we, we, we came on and we talked about this case, we we're trying to figure out the entry point right here. He said that the uh, the entry point was the the second floor, either the window or the slider. Now, <clears throat> we talked about that second floor uh, entry point um, the last time we were here. And we kind of were looking at that second floor window that led into Zana and Ethan's bedroom or the bedroom that Zana was 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 her bedroom and Ethan was staying with her at. Um, let's take a couple of looks at a couple of pictures here. This is the um, the second floor slider. Now. You notice that right there. That's a. uh that's to prevent anybody from going in. Now, I could be wrong. I, I don't think so, but I could be. But I don't think that you want to use uh, a piece of furniture that was left inside the house to barricade or to, uh, you know, um, secure the crime scene. I think you want to bring in a pole or something. You don't want to use something that could potentially have evidence on it because then you just compromise the evidence that you put on the floor here. Um to secure this back uh, 
back window sliding door. You know what I'm saying? And so um, you're muted, by the way. Um, in my opinion, <clears throat> this is kind of this would be kind of weird. Now, if the police get there and this is unlocked and open and this is further back and, you know, op- allowing for this to open, but that you could tell that this at one point was used to prevent uh, anybody from coming in and out to secure this back door. Uh, that's, that's, that's questionable. I mean, what do you think about this right here, big blue? Yeah. I mean, don't... to me, it's, uh, when if you see the video when the guy's doing the walk around the house, uh-huh. to me, it, there's a possibility you can also get in through the balcony on the third floor, but you would have to be pretty brave to jump from the, the, the sidewall on there. Well, here's the thing. The, uh, the father said that the entry point was the second floor. It was either the window or the glass door. Now, which window it could be is, is a specula- speculatory because there's few windows up there. Yeah. Uh, we'll look at a couple of the windows that are on the second floor. Um, here's another picture of that backsliding um, door. And and that piece of furniture isn't there to prevent it from sliding. I just don't see the police department using furniture from inside the house that potentially could have evidence on it, whether it's blood, blood residue. If the guy ran out, if he if this was the exit point, let's just say, and he ran out there and he was dripping blood, perhaps maybe even his own. It could have potentially gotten on any of the pieces of furniture that were nearby. I don't think you're going to use a stool that's next to that back back window sliding door uh, to secure that. I think you're going to go get a, um, a bar and secure it in a proper manner. Unless, like I said, that it was already secured in that manner before they got there. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, and that, that's, what, that's what they probably use. I mean, you use what you got, right? Use what you got in your house. You ain't going to go out and buy stuff, especially. Right. But you would think the renter would have one of those already. Because some of those doors, you don't need an extra lock. They have the pins. They have like little metal pins that go all the way through the door handles. I remember I used to have those in my apartments. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at this photo before. <clears throat> now, we looked at how. This area here looks kind of weird. looks very clean right here. We spoke last time about this area right here also looking clean. Now, if you look right here, this is a fade. That tells me something rubbed up against it. If you look all along this other edge or along here, you don't have that fade mark. You have the dirt built up because of puddled water, right? So the when you have the puddled water... It kind of pushes the dirt and it builds up. It doesn't fade out. It fades out right here and right there. That tells me something kind of scraped or, or rubbed itself across across the top here, one way or the other, right? It looks like it, yeah. Okay, let me see. Then- now, this one's kind of hard to see, but this is a handprint. On a uh, on a window in the residence. Now this is a vertical 
this is a vertical window. There were a few vertical windows that were two that were like this uh, on the front part of the house. It was on the second floor. Uh, this one, I'm not sure which one this one could be. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that this is the one that went into uh, uh, Zana's room or bedroom because the other bed, the other window that's on the second floor, one, the ledge doesn't reach all the way out there. And two, um, I believe that is the uh, the second floor loft living room area. And so you look in here, you can see some kind of like poster thing in the background, but you can see a handprint right here. Now, what that tells me is that somebody had their hand placed up against the glass and we're potentially right here next to, as you can see how close it is to the uh, border here. You see how close that is to the border? Yeah. I I'm assuming and what I'm thinking based on my experience of being in law enforcement previously is it appears that somebody has their hand placed up against it to that way minimize the noise while you're sliding it with your second hand. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why you are you have this imprint. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Just like you open the door and try to not to make so much noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so not saying that this is the entry point, y'all, but... I, f I find this kind of odd, right? Now, Kaylee's dad says, why, why does he have to go up into the third floor, right? If his, unless the target was the third floor, right? And why would he then have to go in and, uh, or why would, if the targets were somebody on the third floor, why, why, um, why attack uh, the, the couple on the second floor? Well, if his entry point was in their bedroom, then he would have to. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Perhaps he went to the back. Now, this part is speculation. Much of it is. Perhaps he went to the back of the house, tried to look through the uh, glass door. It was locked or secured, went around, jumped on top, went in through this window, thus forcing him to, um, you know, commit the murder against against the two, uh, the couple that was in here, uh, Zana and, 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 and Ethan are, oh man, I'm names are slipping me. I'm sorry about that. But what do you think about that big blue? I mean, that could be possible or he went in through the sliding door and they didn't lock, right? Um, they didn't lock it and he, um, didn't know what room the actual person he was looking for was in. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to have, like, uh, I don't know if it was snowing that day, but maybe it would have had some muddy boots if you came in through the woods. I'm pretty sure they're going to they have, like, maybe footprints, shoe prints in there somewhere to mm -hmm. show exactly where you came in from. Right. I mean, now, be oh, go ahead. The evidence that they collected. Now, now this is a um, a side view of this uh, residence here, um, just to kind of give you an idea of the distance between the top of the ladder to the top of the this ledge right here. It's not very tall. It's not a big leap to think that the guy could jump up here, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially that that ladder is tall enough you can just just like pull yourself up once you get half your body up there. So that's 
probably where you see that disturbance by the back window. I believe it might, it might have got into the window. But. Now, for those that um, that think that potentially or possibly the police brought the ladder, the police were up there, they wouldn't check that scene, that direction or in that manner. They wouldn't be looking at it like that. That would disturb any evidence or, or it would compromise the scene 100 percent if they did so. So this is how they did it. This is how they were looking at the top and trying to figure out if this was the entry point. How's it going, Jaime? How are you doing today? Um, I just got in, man. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I had a, a full house, so I'm, I'm hiding in another bunker. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, um, I'm, I, I, I've seen you backstage, so I know you've been listening in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is how, in my opinion, and this is what they're doing. Like, uh, is they're searching this area to see a better view or a glimpse of this top area. There wouldn't be any other reason to put a drone out here in the front to to see this top part of the house other than to see what's going on on this ledge. And so what do you think so far? We have a potential handprint that's on, on the outside of a window where that that handprint is uh, on a vertical window, which I'm not seeing very many vertical windows. There's there's these back here. And so it, it, it could be on this window, maybe, because it's two vertical windows together. So it's either this window here at in the in the top, um, these two windows here together. Mm -hmm. Right. Which it didn't look like because I've seen pictures from this angle. Right. And in this window is a uh, the letter M. Um, there's a little figurine with the letter M that it's suspected that this is Madison's, um, bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I, I was watching it from the other side and there was a, there was a little, I don't a little M uh, in the window. And so when you go and look at, let me pull it back up. Let's look at the picture with the handprint. This is not the room that I had saw that was on that third floor. And I think they did it purposely. They, they, they had this, this picture really, really dark. But you can see the handprint right here towards the uh, towards right here where the, um, the edge of the window frame is at. And this is a two pane window or two two uh, elongated windows side by side. Yeah, to me, it looks like an evidence tape, that red tape, but. Yeah, that's what that definitely is. Yeah. It's a tag, right? Yeah, that's the D in evidence, E-N-C-E. -E. And so it's just tagged off right there. Um, so there's that. You have that aspect. You have the... Um, see, this is another window up here. But I believe this is a window unit. And so this is not the same, the same window. Yeah, that's an AC unit. Yeah, and so that's not the same window. Um, and that's not the window in the front of the house because the window in the front of the house doesn't have an AC unit. Uh, let me pull up the... Um, but I was going to ask you, what do you think of... Uh, you saw how they were flying a drone right now? Yeah. Earlier, I saw somebody doing a... Uh, there's a video online of people going there and like going around the house with their drones... And they have a private security in the front. Mm -hmm. 
and they have it like fenced off where nobody can go. Do you think they can get in trouble for flying their drone on the property? It's not literally touching the property. It's over the property. Uh, every state's different as far as their aviation rules go, as far as drive, uh, flying drones and getting permission. But And it depends also on, on the height that they fly into. Uh, yeah, it was getting close to the house. I mean, it wasn't landing like on the back patio, but it was like hovering around the back patio, going around the back windows and stuff like that. Cool. An aerial view of what what it, what it was like. like yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, and there was no cops that, right now. They have like a private security car parked in the front, and it's snowing out there already, so it's <laughs> covered in snow. Yeah. Yeah. And so right here, you can see these two vertical windows here and here. But the ledge stops here, and this is a, uh, I believe, a living room area over here. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that, that does that look like that tip of that red tape? Let me go find. This is as close as I can zoom in. I have another picture. Uh, well, that's a little bit closer. Let me see. Oh, not this one. And now it's taking forever to load. Oh, <laughs> always happens when you need it, right? Right. What's going on here? <laughs> I need you to load. I had it open earlier. <laughs> but um, I think that there's a potentially that red tag that that we're talking about. Well, right here it is. is that that red tag? I mean, it's hard to see, but it's right around the same spot that it would have been. Yeah, I don't know if from that far away we would be able to see that the small tag. That's something but, it, might, it might look it looks like something a little bit bigger than that. Maybe, but I mean you don't see that tag on any part of the other windows. True. I mean it could uh, it could also be a different tag itself, you know what I mean? That's true, that's true. But I just see this one up against the edge of the right hand side of the uh of the uh of the window. Yeah, it looks to be about center, maybe a little bit higher than center of the window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's look at this picture over here. Let's let's go back and we'll get the handprint. The only thing is, you can't tell if it's because of the way they took this picture. They don't let you see the top part of the frame or the bottom part of the frame to see if it's in the middle. But it looks kind of centered in the middle. Yeah, it's hard to tell, but yeah. I mean, it's just this part looks kind of weird. Looks kind of weird. And so let's um, let's actually go back to the interview. If you want to mute yourselves, guys, that way it doesn't double audio or whatever. To me, he doesn't have to go upstairs. His entry and exit are available without having to go upstairs or downstairs. Looks like he probably may have not gone downstairs. I, we don't know that for sure, but he obviously went upstairs. So I'm using logic that um, he chose to go up there when he didn't have to. And um, I can kind of tell by my daughter's texts, messages. She did call 911. She wasn't uh, saying anything along the lines of like she had heard something or she was in fear. So. I'm just putting the, the, the dots together. Um, as far as the investigators, they're very tight-lipped and they're keeping everything close to their best. And I understand that. And 
I'm probably not the right person to share all these things with. So I'm just trusting them that their case is super tight and they don't really need to reach out to the community and, um, you know, all the evidence is right there in that home. So, Steve, and I want to be respectful, as I can tell, you're trying to walk this tightrope as well with law enforcement, but the desire to know and get some type of action as well. Um, you, you've said both now to Rachel and then I, in, in the clip in your appearance with Lawrence Jones that the, your daughter and, and Maddie had different means or manner of, of attack, and that suggests one of them was targeted. Um, can you share with us, do you know, and you can't share either way, which one was targeted? I can't. I asked for permission to do just that, and they said no. Um, I probably over-disclosed information that they wish I wouldn't have said, but this sto the story's going mm -hmm. cold. There's less people coming to Moscow. Um, I'm not going to go sleep in my bed knowing that I could get up and I could mm -hmm. go to town and I could, I could do something. And I'm not going to go away. So he said when they asked him if he knows, you know, if there was one person or not that was um, uh, the target of this. And um, he says, I can't, meaning that he can't say who it is, basically saying that he's been told or at least, you know, in the other video that we talked about when they talked about the autopsies and that the matter of death was different. I don't think what he means is like the cause of death, but in that one was uh, probably uh, brutally, you know, more brutally murdered than the other, so to speak. Um, you know, what that leads me to believe is that the reason why that the, um, the officers thought that this was a targeted event from the get go was that one had more injury than the other and it appears that that ends up being the case what do you what do you guys think about this information right here we'll start off with you Hyman. what's it called uh i'm sorry man my, my throat i've been sick this past couple of days so mm -hmm. <clears throat> um forgive me for my voice and stuff <clears throat> um no i mean like uh, it's 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 um it's real difficult to uh, to believe that the police have all the evidence and they can't do nothing about it, you know. So far, right, so far, they're making the rest about it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but I, I think um, I think when you, when I was watching the the one where they were talking about the injuries and stuff, and they did say that one. The one of the girls had the sustained more injuries than the other one, right? Yeah, yeah, and and it ended up being breaking news. Um, and we have that video that one of the girls was uh, brutally uh, attacked more than the other. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, at this point in the uh, the news breakage, it's not declared which one it is. But based on logic and what he's saying is. Basically, what he's saying is that the killer had an entry point of the second floor, whether it was the window that we're speculating or if it was just the sliding glass door as the entrance and the exit, because I don't see him going through the window um, back out. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking he's going to take the easier route going through the back door and the glass door. And so if if the entry point and exit point was that glass door, if the entry point was the window and the exit point was the glass door, there would have been no need to go up into the second floor 
or the third floor, I'm sorry, unless his target was on the third floor. You know what I'm saying? Does that does that make sense, guys? Yeah. yeah. And so um, let's listen more into what he has to say and then and, and we'll break it down. And I, I hate to be a pain, but as a father, I just can't even sleep thinking that I, I could be doing something. So that's, that. that's why I'm not. Understandable. Wow. Let, let me ask the flip side too. I, you, you're you're being respectful toward police about the fact that they need to be tight-lipped. Uh, but if there was something you felt like you deserved to know or you should know as a father at this point, are, are there questions you have unresolved from the police that you feel like, hey, just throw me a bone here and let me know? For sure. I mean, alibis. Just share the alibi. If you're not sharing an alibi, to me, it tells me that you're not 100% confident that it's going to stick or you have somebody who's going to come forward and say hey i don't know what he told you or or that person's alibi was but i have this information i have something so if you don't share the alibi it, it makes it a little bit harder for us to just let those go mm. and, and i've said it before i don't i don't want to make victims out of just bystanders and witnesses so i just share those things and um that that would help steve do you get the sense that you're being asked to not talk more and that law enforcement is being so tight-lipped to protect an investigation that is honing in? My bad, I saw that, I was muted. Uh, so, um, Steve and his wife, and I believe it was his son, had another interview where they were talking about uh, they were asked if they thought that, you know, if anything seemed suspicious or whatever. And they said and his wife said, um, Christy, she stated that she felt or they felt that maybe they cleared some people a little bit earlier than they should have. Things of that nature. Um, I think this is what he's alluding to. He wants to know what certain alibis are of certain people now. I can we can deduce based on their interviews that they don't think it's Jack, the uh, the boyfriend that was called a couple of times. They even in that interview, he said that he they stood behind him. Um, they don't think it was any of the other roommates or the people that had called the 911 tape. And so it kind of leads you to kind of deduce who was cleared that these guys um, think that maybe potentially uh, they should have looked at a little bit more. And in my opinion, I think he's talking about the guy uh, at the food truck. Now, the guy at the food truck, he was cleared right away. He was the, uh, following the girls. He was at the corner club with them. And he um, he was at the corner club. He followed them to the grub, the grub shop or grub truck and, you know, told the other gentleman that he was just making sure that they got home, uh, this, that, and a third. And so... You know, when the girls left him behind, he said WTF, like, you know, he wasn't expecting them to leave him behind. And so I think that these these folks are speculating that it could be him. That um, individual, I believe his name is uh, Jack. Also, there's a lot of Jacks. Uh, I believe it was uh, Jack Showalter. Now, there's been some interesting developments in Jack's if this is him, if he is also the food truck guy. Uh, there's been some interesting developments. I believe he's left the country. He is, uh, supposedly in, we took off to Africa or something like that. And, um, 
Let's take a couple of pictures of Jack. Let's look at a couple of pictures of Jack. And so this is him. This apparently this is also him. I, I don't know if this is an older picture when he was a little bit younger. This is interesting. And so I'm not saying, and like what he says is he doesn't want to make um, suspects out of victims or ruin people's lives just because they were somehow somewhere, you know, uh, around at the time. But this does look a little bit suspicious. Um, and I think what what uh, Steve is saying basically is he wants to know what the alibi is, see if it is strong enough. That way they don't look at him. I don't think he wants to, you know, look at somebody so hard and it not be the guy that they're, they're looking for, so to speak. What do you think about his claims of um, potentially, or the family's claims that the uh, police cleared people a little bit too early? And what do you think about the potential thoughts that Jack may have left the country? Apparently he went to Africa for some kind of, hunting or something. I'm not sure. We'll start off with you, Big Blue. What do you think? I mean, he, um, he's an interesting guy. I mean, the way social media is, you don't, you don't want to be posting those kind of pictures. You know what I mean? Because everybody would accuse you of being a animal cruelty and everything else. But um, I think that, that uh, you know, when he probably saw that picture, he's like, this guy knows how to kill things, you know, how'd they clear him so quickly? You know, and I think maybe the cops know what they're doing, yeah, but it's hard to tell, you know? Right. Because look at the other case that we were looking at, Richard Allen. They cleared Richard Allen early, and here we are. He's arrested. He's being charged for murder, so it's hard. Yeah. And, and Jesse Fry says he left the country. That's that's what's been reported, that he actually was also kicked out of the fraternity that he was a, a part of and um, <laughs> has left the country. Uh, it's a little suspicious, but I mean, if you know, he may have had a a predestined, um, you know, plan or, or, or trip in place. You know what I'm saying? Uh, thank you so much, man. We appreciate that. And so. Um, yeah, he, he apparently left the country. Uh, he was somebody. So when I look at this case, guys, and you, you think about the fact that somebody you look at this and this is completely speculation on my part. But what, what I'm assuming is um, the killer is probably somebody who um, was really thought that they had a chance with Kaylee. Uh, you, you know, the reports were that she had gone through a recent breakup with her boyfriend. They were reconciling. Uh, they were getting back together. Perhaps this is a guy that, you know, was talking to Kaylee during that break, thought it was more than something that it, what it was, you know, probably had been to this house. This house was a party house. Um, we have a couple of pictures here and we can kind of show you guys. Um, this is uh, from one of the the shots from the window. You can see the um, the red solo cups placed in formation. So it's it appears that this was um, this was, uh, you know, beer pong, you know, something of that nature. Uh, let's see. This is another picture. And so this guy probably been to the house. He's probably hung out with these these girls, probably fantasized about being, 
you know, with her and being friends with with the folks that are in this house. And um, when he found out that she was getting back or wasn't interested in him, probably pushed him over the edge of what his fantasy was as far as um, being with her and being a part of, you know, uh, this, you know, gather this group of people, whether it was her family and or her friends that were in this house. Uh, but like I said, this was a uh, this was a party house. Let's see. I don't know. Uh, what the cops need to disclose is like, he, if he left the country, when did he buy those tickets? And, um, you know, that would give you an idea of was, uh, Yeah. That, yeah, it could, it could easily be coincidental. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And and Lovely Sphinx, um, yeah, I uh, we, we go on, we, we planned on doing it this last Friday, but I had a emergency surgery on thursday so that's why we didn't meet up past friday but we'll be doing it again this friday uh where we'll be bringing folks on we, we plan on meeting again wednesday we, we might be able to bring some folks on on wednesday's show uh but look at this video this picture here guys um one there's an evidence tag also inside here i think that's up against the window yeah because you can see it on the top part and on the bottom yeah. um either that or it's on whatever this looks like sheets or some type of fabric material in the background. But you, you look at the, uh, I'm going to remove us real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have the red solo cups here. You have what looks like a pan for, uh, I don't know, draining noodles or something like that. You a have strainer? a bowl. Yeah. Strainer. Uh, you have what looks like right here. I think that's, probably f- to gather noodles one of those um yeah, forks yeah, yeah. or whatever for like the pasta and whatnot right right you have bowls this looks like stuff that should be in the sink mm-hmm. my question is why isn't it in the sink do you think that maybe perhaps um the killer removed these items from the sink to wash his knife ballsy but if the knife if the knife is his prized possession you know what i mean if he takes care of his knife it's if this guy is an avid hunter and he's like you know what i'm saying yeah you know maybe he doesn't want to holster the knife back into whatever holster he has full of blood full of those types of you know contaminated or or dirty or filthy things of that nature Takes uh-huh. care of his weapons. You think that perhaps maybe he removed everything and washed, could washed be. his gun. I mean, could, washed his knife. I'm sorry. Could be, could be. I mean, at this point, you know, from the lack of evidence to, that they're letting us, um, they're, they're showing us. It's, it's pretty much um, choose your own path kind of um, game. You know what I mean? Like, like choose your own story. Right. But um, the the more we get um, evidence, the more we can actually make a clear path. And when when we're talking about um, how um, they cleared out people um, too early in the in the investigation, I think um, I think police do two or three, maybe up to four times interviews with the same people to see if anything changes in their alibi. Um, I don't know if they're doing that. 
because they said that like he said that they were um clearing people like right off the bat and that could be a big problem at the end and, and the other thing is too this guy was part of a uh, i believe a, a fraternity um mm-hmm. or however you say it and um maybe perhaps he was staying in on the school or something he gave his alibi that he went home after the uh, truck grub um, stop. They may have some kind of surveillance of him going in and out uh, into a building and not coming out of the building until the morning or whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. But at the same token, he potentially could know about those cameras and where they cover and have gotten out a different, a different way. Yeah. Or you know what I'm saying? We, we did that on a couple Maybe two episodes ago, he showed that video of the party they went to, the fraternity mm-hmm. party, and it was only like four blocks from their house. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was from that fraternity. Also, here's the crazy thing. Apparently, there was an incident right there in that field between that uh, that sorority house that they were at and the, um, you know, let me pull it up. There was a call in this area right here at 3 a.m., Right here in this area, right here at 3 a.m. This is where the um, this is the victim's house. And this is the uh, where Ethan and Zena were uh, seen at at the uh, Sigma Chai house um, right here. So it was believed that they walked across here, here in this field off of Taylor Avenue. There was a police report that was reported on the night of the murders at 3 a.m. for a drunk incident. And it said report taken. So during or right before the commission of this murder, there was police officer presence in the area. And the guy was either in the house already or about to get there. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. Supposedly, Ethan and and, and Zana were only here till about nine 9 p.m. and they didn't show up back home till about 1:45 a.m. based on probably a digital footprint like as far as maybe a text message saying we got home yada yada, yada. I don't know but there's probably there's something that leads them to believe that they got home around 1:40 a.m. but last seen here at 9 a.m. so there's a little bit of missing time there as far as uh, what those two individuals were doing during that time but again when you follow what what Steve, the father of Kaylee, was staying, saying is basically if the point of entry was the second floor, then there's no point in going up to the third floor. I mean, unless they assumed for whatever reason that the third floor, um, Ethan and Zana were in the third floor and they went up to the wrong bedroom to begin with. That's possible, but highly unlikely. Uh, not in my opinion. It seems like the guy kind of knew um, where he was at. Um, and as Claude, the cops have not said that they have a suspect and at this point. They have not named one. They they don't even know if it was somebody. Well, now it's been kind of stated out there that they believe it was a, uh, a targeted because of a person. But uh, they haven't up to this point. They haven't really come out and said that they have. um you know, what was the target, whether it was the persons in the house or the house itself. Um, but what I want to do real quick is let's show this real quick. 
Good evening, I'm Brian Enton, live in Moscow, Idaho, for this News Nation special report. Three weeks ago, the unthinkable happened in this house behind me. Four university students brutally murdered here. Their killer not only is still on the run, but still all of this remains a mystery three weeks later. And we have breaking news tonight. New details that we have just confirmed. News Nation uh, is learning that Kaylee Gonzalez's injuries were significantly more brutal than her be best friend Maddie's injuries, which may end up being a very, very important piece of evidence when it comes to determining who the target was in this attack. I have learned Kaylee and Maddie were in an upstairs room in the house, so the killer had to go specifically upstairs to get to them. And again, that new information just confirmed that Kaylee's injuries were, quote, significantly more brutal. Thank you for watching. Go to newsnationnow.com. So <clears throat> that was the, uh, the most recent breaking news was that Kaylee had significantly more brutal injuries than, um, than her best friend up in that third floor. Um, they were in the third floor. So it kind of just kind of puts everything all together, right? You know, you have somebody that is entering and you have the father stating who has also hired a private investigator. Um, he is not saying that he's losing trust or, or, or whatnot with the police, but he's wanting to make sure that this case does not go cold. And so he has basically been told that the point of entry is the second floor, whether it's the window that we are speculating as a possibility or if it's the backsliding door, that the only reason to go upstairs would have been just because of it being a targeted situation. You have one of the targets or one of the victims, I'm sorry, uh, that was more brutally uh, attacked ver uh, compared to the other. Um, you know, it kind of leads to me to believe that that Kaylee was the target. Now you now what the police need to do is create, which I'm sure they have, but create a victimology on on Kaylee and figure out who had, you know, any type of um, interaction with her, who thought that perhaps they had a romantic chance with her, things of that nature to kind of lead their way into deduce who possibly could have been involved in this. And, you know, you, you listen to what the family is saying. They're talking about the potential that they're clearing people a little bit early. Um, you know, you you know, they talk about um, some of the suspects that they believe are, you know, them themselves don't find to be suspicious like the ex-boyfriend. And so it kind of lets you deduce that they themselves, the family, are kind of alluding that um, they suspect potentially the uh, the food truck guy. What do you all think about this in, in full circle with all the evidence that we put out there today? Um, we'll start off with you, Big Blue. Yeah, man, I think... Uh... Well, they need to check his alibi a lot more, the Futra guy, um, because he was the last one that was around those girls when they were alive, you know, and he all of a sudden left the country for a hunting trip, which you're um, going to school there, so unless he was only going for a week and coming back, it doesn't say if he came back yet, you know what I mean? Because school doesn't end December, uh, in December. It ends at mid-December, so unless he dropped out of college, too. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like I said, it's, 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 it's a weird situation, you know, and there's no, there's no, you know, I haven't found anything that confirmed that it was Jack uh, Showalter who was um, in fact, the guy that was the food truck guy, but the, you know, if the reports are correct that he left town and uh, didn't give his a sample of his DNA on his way out, that's, that is a, a pretty, pretty odd, you know, coincidence. And, and as far as Mark Rogers says, are we sure it's a male? Um, and it's quite possible it could be a female. Do you guys, um, what do you guys see here that potentially could lead you to think that um, we're looking at a female in this situation? Well, I don't want to confuse everybody, but I thought Jack was a food guy, truck guy, right? That's what they said. Well, there's like three Jacks. Yeah, there's there's so many Jacks. Some of these yeah. Jacks need to check. There, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's there's Jack D, who was the uh, the ex boyfriend. There's Jack S, who was supposedly the guy that was at the food truck. Um, I believe one of the um. Somebody, I want to say it was this one of the sisters identified him as Jack at being at the food truck. I, I could be wrong, uh, but I mean, I've looked at a lot of information there. But, yeah, there's there's like three different Jacks that are there. But, um, you know, everybody's kind of looking at the food truck guy, because if the reports are correct and he ends up being Jack Schuwalter, then he was kicked out of his fraternity, supposedly for. um having some issues with girls at parties and then left the, uh, left the country and also has, um, he has a history of gun, uh, of having a knife and, and, um, you know, there's pictures of him with a large knife. And so, uh, that, you know, going used for hunting. And when you look at, at this situation here and you look at the scene and you look at how much blood was lost, and you look at the scene there on the second floor. Um, I'm going to see if I can find it. But everybody remembers that picture of the blood coming out of the back of the house, right, onto the uh, foundation. That's on the second floor. Let me uh, let me go to my pictures real quick, and I'll see if I can. I don't think I have that image, but uh, I know where I have it at. Let me see. Oh, that's the same one. I have so many things open at the same time <laughs> but this is just speculation there's no i mean the, the cops cleared him for right now but we'll see what happens i mean the, I right. the, the dad's got the same kind of body theories and he wants to get more clarification also so right right now so this is the uh the ledge that we're 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 Assuming and also speculating as a possible entry point right here, this same bedroom through that window, I'm assuming right here back here is a bed, and this is where the blood is dripping down, uh, down the foundation right here. You know, if he was a hunter, you can't zoom in. That's as far as I can zoom in. But yeah, this is the blood that's dripping down here, and. My thing is, if he's a hunter, he, he may know how to bleed out a animal, person, whatever, and know the, the points to cause somebody to bleed out fairly quickly, right? And so if that ends up being the case, he hits a main artery or something like that. Is You know, Big Blue, you're the uh, medical professional here. Um, if somebody was cut up against a wall here, 
and it hit a main artery, would enough blood flow through and out to seep through a wall down the uh, down the back of a uh, foundation like this? I don't know, man. Those houses, they have a moisture out. Yeah, I know I hear so I think, I think yeah, 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 it's going to be out. I think those thousands of weather was snow that it wouldn't leak out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if he, if, you know, the guy goes in there and hits an artery, maybe in the neck, maybe in the arm, under the armpit, uh, you know, something around those lanes and blood just profusely comes out. And you also have two two victims right here, probably up. Like I said, I'm assuming here. I haven't seen the inside of their house, but I'm assuming that there's a bed up against this wall right here. They were laying in bed. I'm assuming that he climbed through the window, came across, committed the murders here, and that the blood just dripped down into um, through the walls and down outside. It's 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 pretty crazy, man. It's a gruesome scene, um, nevertheless. Uh, but let's see. I'm gonna go through a couple of the comments real quick. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah, I was gonna say on when you asked Blue about um, blood going through the through the wall under through the foundation. I mean, it has to. I'm guessing there's carpeting. There's uh, two by four that goes around, plus the flashing, plus the outer um, shell. You know, the outer the the the, uh, the particle boards or whatever you want to say, and it still yeah. has to go through the foundation. I I don't see that happening it's just way too much things that blood can go through there but you never know it could have been a cheap built house to you know to house um college students too so it, it could be yeah it's a, it's an older house and usually when you have rental properties they're not probably usually put in with the best stuff you know it's kind of like you know it's a business and in yeah. any business the biz the goal is to produce um, something as cheap as possible and sell it at as maximum possible po as much as you possibly can. Yeah. And so, you know, maximize your profitability. And so when you're looking at a rental property, you're looking at probably lower end um, flooring. You're looking at lower end walls, paint, the whole nine yards. It's not going to be uh, uh, upper end stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if the floor was like laminate wood. You know what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. cheap stuff that's real thin and flimsy that looks like real wood. What's it uh, called? Also, like, you know, most of these cases, they will, a lot of the cases, they, they usually get profilers out there, mm -hmm. and you know, to see if they can come out with uh, a, uh, some type of description that can point them in the right direction. I wonder if they have something like that or have someone that already profiled someone. Maybe. Maybe. I mean... I think they have. I think that what they're looking at is probably a first timer. They're probably assuming that, you know, based on the victims and the victimology, you're probably looking at a peer of their own age, somebody who's attending this, attending the college with them. Um, if not, if it's not somebody of that age, it could potentially be a, a bar patron um, who's who's a little bit older, but not by much, who doesn't attend the college, perhaps knew the girls from the bar. Um, you know, you have very little, you know, um, to go by when it comes to uh, those possible outcomes. And Big Blue has to go to work. I think he may be jumping out here pretty soon. 
Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, you look at what's that, Big Blue? Have a good night, guys. I'm sorry, I always have to leave. Get across town in 45 minutes. No, we got you, bro. We understand. Have a good day. You have a safe one. You have, have a good safe one, one, brother. Yeah. And so you look at the victimology, you're looking at this being a personal situation. So you're having to look at who would have a personal vendetta against her. You know, you got to look at who, you know, probable, you know, you, you, possibilities of elimination. This is probably not somebody who's, um, you know, a 35, 40 year old person that doesn't attend the bars or things of that nature. This is somebody that either knows this person from school, knows this person from outside of school and activities. And if these kind of girls that, you know, frequent bars and things of that nature, it's probably somebody in their mid to late 20s at oldest, you know, probably around their age. Um, and, you know, those are the basically, in my opinion, your two outcomes is somebody that attended school with her or somebody that knew them by, um, you know, the bar scene or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the fact that they knew where they lived and things of that nature, that house being known as a party house, I would like I am probably more swayed to believe that this is a person that is in their university or in their school that is probably have friends that are friends of these people. Perhaps he's uh, gone to one of these parties and been in the house a couple of times, maybe not invited himself. You know, I went through um, the Facebook profiles for the uh, the murder victims and I didn't see anybody named Jack Showalter on there. So he may be a, a little bit of an outsider to the circle, but not very far outside of their circle, so to speak. Yeah. Um, somebody who's friends with somebody within the circle and, the you know, the queens. Right. And there's possibility that at one of these events, you know, he talks to Kaylee, you know, builds this infatuation with her and this fantasy of this life that they potentially could have together at one point. Mm-hmm. And that includes the friends and being at this party scene and, and going out to the clubs and and potentially, you know, you, you look at somebody like Jack Showalter, who kind of fits both both means, you know, he's a guy that is in college and at the bar scene. And so when I say you, you got somebody who's probably in the university and or knows this person outside of it would probably be from the bar scene there. There's one guy that, you know, he was there at the corner club. He was there at the bar. And like I said, you know, there's a good possibility that he's not involved. You know, the police cleared him for whatever reason. Maybe his alibi is solid. Mm-hmm. But what Steve is complaining about, and this is Kaylee's dad, is that if his alibi is that solid, why not just air it out there? Let everybody know. You know what I mean? Maybe perhaps yeah. somebody can break that alibi. Like if um, he said that he was at his residence throughout the entire night after that truck food um, situation or incident, he went home, he stayed there and there's some kind of ring or, or footage that saw him there. You know, perhaps maybe somebody else saw him somewhere else, maybe at a uh, walking down the street or at his vehicle or whatever the case may be after that fact, which could put a big hole into his alibi. So I, I get that. You know, and I also understand that the police don't want to put out too much information because, you know, um, for instance, there could be somebody that comes forward who wants to take credit for this murders uh, for the murders and, you know, just take credit for them for whatever reason and not know the full details of what happened. And it's just going off of the speculation of what's being put out there by us. And what I mean by us is YouTube content creators who are investigating and I put that in quotation marks from yeah. afar and uh, looking at the evidence that's been put out, you know, for us to see. Um, but with that all said, 
I know you were wanting to find out about the autopsies referencing if somebody else was brutally murdered more or had significantly more injuries than another. Do you think that that kind of solves that question for everybody here that this, you know, was targeted and Kaylee was the target? Well, I mean, they did say it was targeted and they said maybe the guy, the, the person in the party did that was maybe his first time. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's kind of sketchy, man. Like, I don't know how they can put two and two together. You know what I mean? I'm not a, I'm not in law enforcement, so I wouldn't be able to say. But like, um, yeah, the fact that for me, like, you no, know, in other cases, usually the when there's uh, a, two two victims, they usually tend to say that it's a targeted um, murder when one of the victims has more uh, injuries to, mm-hmm. to to their body, and that's why they call it a, a targeted murder and i guess the other one's just like pretty much witness you know what i mean oh for sure for sure and and michelle lara says really did you watch the guy with the white sweatshirt just watch him from start to finish and watch how he's paying extra close attention and following them and then they ditched him yeah they actually they they, they very much ditched him and in my opinion I, you know he took off he 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 left you know what i'm saying like yeah. Like he went straight forward and, and took off. Um, you know, there was no, um, what's what I'm looking for. He didn't um, try to follow them from there. He, he turned around and walked straight back to where he came from. You know, that kind of leads me to believe that potentially there's a possibility there that, you know, he took off upset, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think he did. What, in my opinion. What about, um, um, talk about Jack. They took off um, out of country, right? Right. It could totally be just coincidence. Maybe he had this plan for the longest time or whatnot. But do we know anything like uh, with his criminal record or anything like that? Or complaints from the school? Well, supposedly, and I don't know how 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 great these 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 rumors are, but supposedly he was. Um, he was kicked out of his fraternity here recently for harassing women or something like that at parties. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. That's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What's it called? Also, um, maybe narcissist, man. People who are narcissists are, are real uh, sketchy. Like they, they put up those red flags too. So they might want to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. People theorize that the hooded man was Jack Showalter. According to theories, Showalter was kicked out of his fraternity lately. Might include this. Well, hold on. Uh, and he has a knife. Um, um, I, this is kind of all over the place. Um, like, honestly, like the, the picture of the knife, like the one you showed us right now that he yeah. has on. Oh, is that on his social media, right? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, I think it was off his mom's social but, media. Yeah, but like, I mean, just because he has a knife doesn't become guilty or nothing. Because I mean, obviously, out there's a lot of hunting, a lot of hunters. You know, people out there kill for their food. They harvest their own meat. You know what I mean? So sure. I mean, I got that. I got a knife similar to that. Doesn't mean uh, I was here on this podcast with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And. 
I hear you, man, on that. Let me see. And, and it's like it's like what what the guy said. Like we don't want to make uh, you know, they don't want to make uh, suspects out of bystanders. And he said bystanders. Mm-hmm. So like we we take these little pictures, the pictures that we get, the evidence that they go with a, a great as a, you know what I mean with a grain of salt. For sure, for sure. Um, so here he goes. It goes. Um, Reddit users claim that Showalter was recently kicked out of his fraternity <laughs> chapter of Delta Tau Delta at the University of Idaho for inappropriate behavior towards women at parties. It began popping up everywhere on forum discussions and crimes. Um, uh, they were able to uncover a photo of Showalter's mother's Facebook in 2015 that shows him in the process of hunting, standing in front of a torn apart animal carcass with various hunting knives littered across the ground. Uh, many believe that one of the hunting knives on the ground was a K-bar style knife, which is the one that we were showing. It said that it's a 10 inch fixed blade knife that he's holding. Let's see. It was also reported that he was at the corner club the night of the murders as well. And then he was at the food truck place. And so, you know, without knowing what it was that he, um, his alibi, it's kind of, you know, you can't really put holes in it because he could have a really strong, strong alibi. But let's see, it says some people came to us and said that he's out of the country. He didn't take a DNA test referring to Showalter. So he would like police tell us what his alibi was and they would be able to move on and confirm that if it was solid. And that was referencing to what Steve had said. And so a lot of people are putting in, you know, they're putting two and two together when it comes to, and this is the, uh, the picture that they were talking about with the cave bar style knife and the hunting picture. Um, and so it's, it's 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 weird, man. It's weird. I, Can you go I, back to the picture real quick? Yeah. I wish I could zoom in. It looks it looks, looks kind of blunt, huh? honestly. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, look at the damage from what it's doing. There's meat still on it. It's. Yeah. You know that that I believe that blade has a. A hook on there, right? Maybe to skin. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I can't really tell. It's kind of the picture's not the greatest either. Yeah. 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 But apparently, like I said, this is one of the pictures with the knives that were splattered across with the animal carcasses that people were kind of saying, is that the uh, the knife? And no, Mark Rogers, this is not the knife from the crime scene. This is a knife that was on Joe Showalter's mom's Facebook um referencing a hunting uh deal that uh Jack Showalter um I guess went on and there was some knives around. And so yeah, it's uh people are kind of speculating that hey, he had possession of knives. He's been kicked out of his fraternity. He left town. He was following the girls. You know, the the family's asking for an alibi. They want to see his alibi. It's um, it's a little bit suspicious. It's a little yeah. bit suspicious. Yeah, needless to say, I mean the um, case. This case is going to be super, super hard because that the 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 house that they were at was, you know, they had parties. People were in and out, 
So, like, anything that the cops find on there could potentially be evidence. They have to go through every single little thing with the fine-tooth comb. And, in you know, most of the time it's going to lead to dead ends because, like, the scene was contaminated after they, they made the 911 call, right? Right. There was people inside. There was people moving around. And... No, it got really contaminated. So, like, even someone that that wasn't that just walked through could be a potential suspect at this point. Oh, for sure, for sure, and I agree one hundred percent. So, I'm gonna play one one more video uh, of the family's interview, and we'll break it down. Um, me, I, it's not real yet. I'm I'm a bit in denial. Um, I'm hoping for justice. That's why I'm trying to switch myself into that mode to try to find some justice. That's yeah. where I'm at. I get it. Steve, uh, Olivia. Yeah, I just, um, I just know my sister, she was a hard worker and, um, just sitting in my bed and crying myself to sleep isn't mm -hmm. going to do her any justice. And that's not what she'd want me to do. She'd yeah. want me to stay active and, uh, and doing what I can to spread her message and hope that we can find this suspect or suspects. And that's how I feel. I get it. I get it. She's got a great smile. We keep showing that picture. Um, I know your family's been frustrated with the investigation so far, understandably so. Here we are a week and a half out, and really not much information about this does not appear to be a suspect. Uh, tell me, uh, Olivia, what, what specifically you've been frustrated with, because you you did your own work here, for instance. You you found video of the food truck, for example, uh, where, where two of the victims were seen the same night as this killing. Yeah, I would say I think that obviously this is extremely personal for us, and we treated it that way from the very get-go. Um, I know how valuable those first 48, 72 hours are. Um, and I can only hope that the police also know how valuable that is and that they have a lot of information there that just isn't public right now. Um, I will say the one lingering frustration I have is the timeline. Um, I know it's semantics, but my sisters got home at 156. It wasn't 145. I know it might not seem significant, but when we're looking for camera, when we're looking for dash footage, when we're looking for any of those things, I do feel it, it is valuable, and they did get home at 156. It was not 145. Right. Well, there's there's one. So I'm wondering, and I unmuted you. I'm wondering why you know, and I understand why they're they're hard on that for video and stuff. But I'm wondering what makes them think that it was 156 that she got home. If it was a text message, or if she shared. Let's just say it was an Uber drive. And the Uber drive was shared at, you know, the ride or whatever. Those things can be a little bit delayed, so to speak, even text messages going out. And and who's to say that, you know, she texted her parents that she's home the minute that she got to the house. She may have gone inside, gotten comfortable. They had ordered food. They may have been eating, you know, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, maybe made that text message while they were doing that, uh, you know, but I, I clear, clearly understand their concern in that as far as, you know, if if they got home 10 minutes earlier or later, then the killer could have been following them a little bit later than that and, you know, could have them on, on video. In fact, there's a, a, a house 
that's uh, on the other side of this residence that the uh, the murders happen, where there is a uh, a camera set up, but it's facing the street. Could catch anybody trying to get around the side or the back end. And I'll see if I can find that picture to show you guys. Um, what's more, what's um, not, what's scarier is the fact that she got the video from the food truck, not the cops. Yeah, and and, uh, it's like almost like a lack of. Um, urgency for the cops on that side not maybe but you know also and i mentioned this earlier with the delphi murders where you know it was snapchat and there was a lot of things and and usually when you're when you're talking about police officers and things of that nature these are usually older guys and they're not current when it comes to um what's going on right now and they probably didn't even know what a twitch stream was Especially in a town this size and a police department of this size, I wouldn't be surprised of that. You know, with the Delphi murders, there were certain things that I mentioned there before that, you know, they, you know, it, not everybody is current with the times when it comes to that. And, and like I mentioned, when you're dealing with small departments, uh, you run into that more often than not. And so, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It is concerning. The police department should have figured that out, should have also said, hey, you know, um, there's some potential footage out here of of these girls here and 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 at that at the place. Um, let's continue it. I'm going to mute us and then we'll go. Detail there. Uh, Kaylee's mother has said she believes that the suspect, the killer, is someone Kaylee knew very well and that the killer might even be at the vigil. Uh, remarkable. I wonder, Steve, do, do you share that view? Um, it's speculation. Uh, my daughter was very popular. It seemed like everyone that I talked to said she knew everyone. Um, they had parties. They were college kids. They were about to graduate. Yeah. So it, somebody could have partied in the house and got an idea or got the confidence to pull that off. <clears throat> Steve, this question of a stalker, and, I, and I'm very conscious with this story of how many rumors have been circulating and a lot of those rumors turn out to not be true. But, Stephen, this, this discussion of the possibility she may have had a stalker, have police been able to stand that up? or not? They, they seem to be knocking that down. Yeah, it seems to be knocked down. Um, obviously, any of that information would be new to us as well. Kaylee FaceTimed me. She didn't call or text. She FaceTimed me for literally hours almost every single day. And she was extremely cautious. She was very vigilant. Um, I think that she really would have noticed something and she, she would have said it to us. She wasn't, you know, scared to get us involved in her life in any capacity like that. I know you're frustrated with how much and how information developments in the investigation are being shared with the public. Are they sharing anything with you that they're not sharing publicly in light of the fact that this was your, this was your sister, this was your, this was your daughter? <clears throat> I'm not getting anything. They're not sharing much with me. I know that there's a separation in duties there. They do have the FBI now, so I don't know how much the individuals that I'm talking with, which are the local, are actually exercising their different jurisdictions. I think they might not know a lot because, you know, they have briefings, and if they haven't had a briefing, they probably don't know exactly what's going on. Hmm. Are they contacting you at all? Are they keeping you updated more than they are, say, on the website or with these press briefings? To be honest, they're not. I mean, mm -hmm. I, 
yesterday I asked about the stalker question and they couldn't confirm anything. And then today I hear that they're reaching out to the, the community saying that there's a stalker involved. So mm. I don't know what to make of that. It's um, there a lot of sorry, go ahead, Steve. They're they're just so vague with everything that they say and then they like slowly peel it back layer layer until you like find the real story. It all started with a sharp edged weapon. What was the use in telling the community that a sharp edged weapon was used instead of just coming out and telling us that it was a knife from the beginning? I don't understand the purposeness of being so vague. You're not holding the integrity of the case together by not telling anybody anything. I understand you have frustrations for how police and investigators have handled the crime scene. What are those frustrations specifically? Well, they expanded it and, um, there was volunteers that walked around and they disclosed that they were looking and found different things. So, you know, they did share with me that that may have more to do with uh, keeping cameras out than it actually does with evidence gathering. So I, I hope that that is indeed the case because it would be pretty disheartening a week later to, to know that they didn't have the right time one of the, the the mother of one of the surviving roommates who reminding our viewers there were two roommates who were upstairs and survived this told a reporter that that those roommates heard something heard something that night H- have you been told have you heard from sharing with with other uh, relatives of the other victims what that was exactly no i i would say for us that we we did hear those rumors but right now we can only leave it at that um, none of that has ever been confirmed to us. Hmm. We have not spoke with the roommates. Yeah. The surviving roommates, they, um, and they were downstairs, just to clarify that for you, sir. Ah, okay, downstairs, right, right on a different floor from where it, it appears where these, where the... So that clarifies one thing. I know that there's been some speculation out there that potentially one of the the bottom roommates may have been in the second floor at a different room, the one that wasn't occupied uh, by Ethan and Zana, or that, you know, potentially um, one of them was in that, in that floor and that ended up not being the case. All of the parties were in the bottom of the floor. Um, you know, what do you think about that, Jaime, as far as that goes? I mean, it's just kind of so far what they're saying is they they're a little bit frustrated with how vague the police are. I, I, I think they've they've lost some confidence in the police department, and I think that the reason why they want more information out there is potentially perhaps maybe somebody else can figure something else out that the police aren't. What do you think? Um, I think the the victims' families are, are super frustrated. They're tired. They also they 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 want to they want justice. You know what I mean? Um, and I think I think this department of uh, Obviously, um, doesn't have the capability, you know, because it's a small department, right? right. Um, they don't have, like you said, maybe they don't have enough, um, fo- uh, you know, people to do the work at this time, and you need help from different counties to come in and help them out. But that can also be the a, a, a downfall, you know what I mean? Um, you can have different departments coming in and you can lose communication between all these people. Yeah. And um, also, you know, I was going to ask you, do do you think that the murderer broke in and 
just by luck, everybody was asleep, or do you think he broke in, waited, and then didn't hear him nah. the day he came out? You know, I'm assuming, but I would think that, you know, you look at the text messages that, that went out from uh, Madison and Kaylee to Jack, the ex-boyfriend, not Jack, that was at the food truck. Uh, I'm assuming there was lights on in the house, things of that nature. I'm assuming that the killer was waiting outside watching them until they fell asleep and then waited a little bit longer to make sure that these folks were completely asleep. You know, we also have to remember that these are young people who were probably, you know, were, were intoxicated and drinking. And yeah. so, you know, that will give them a certain, you know, level of unconsciousness that potentially could allow this guy to enter into the house, even using the front window that was um, that window that was on the second floor and not not wake up the people inside because of their intoxication. And, you know, the the portion of the sleep that they're in at that point, you know, if yeah. they fell asleep around three o'clock and this guy made entry around three forty five, four o'clock, um, these folks are, are are intoxicated. They're probably in REM sleep. They're going to be in the deepest part of the sleep that they possibly can be in. And um, alcohol plays a portion to that of not waking up. And so um, I think he was waiting outside. OK, um, I feel like he was waiting inside already, man. Um, it's just too risky to come in while I People are inside the house and make noise and whatnot. I mean, obviously, there you got people, you got killers that do it too. Obviously, the Night Stalker did it, you know, BTK, a bunch. Yep. But it's got it's more risk involved, you know what I mean? If, um, if that was the case, let's 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 break that down. If that was the case, uh, why kill the people on the second floor if the target was on the third floor? If you're already inside the house, yeah, but. At this point, I don't even I don't even know if it was. Oh, I think you froze, bro. I think it's you. Let me know in the live chat if it's Jaime or me, but I don't hear him anymore. Uh, For me, I don't. Oh, I hear you again. I think you froze out. Did, were you able to hear me? No, I didn't hear anything. I heard the last word and the first word. Ah, <laughs> uh, you froze again, man. Um, let me know in the live chat if it's me or Jaime. Because it could be me. Okay, yeah, everybody's saying it's Hyman. All right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's me, man. It's just my internet is kind of crappy, especially in the bunker. <laughs> well, you're, you're back now. So what, yeah, what let's, uh, let's see how long it lasts. Um, I, mean, I totally lost track okay, of so what I was saying. Let's, let's break this down. If the killer was in there, right, why kill the people on the second floor? Oh, oh, yeah, that's right, because you said if it's, the target was upstairs, I mean... Right, right. in the third floor, why third floor? why kill the people in the second floor? Well, at this time, we don't even... Like, they're telling us it was targeted, but we really don't... We don't really? know how, why they would say that, you know what I mean? Right. And so <clears throat> Maybe it wasn't targeted. Maybe it was just opportunity. I mean... Maybe. So here's what I'm thinking. If, if this was a person that broke into the house ahead of time, this was pre premeditated murder, well, all of it probably is, but this is really planned out. Being there before, he would have had to have known that the uh, the, the the occupants of the house were going to be out of the uh, residence for an extended period of time. Um, you know, it's going to depend. In my opinion, you would, if, 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 
if he was going to be hiding out somewhere, right? And let's just say Kaylee was the the target, right? Cool. Then, I mean, where are you going to hide? Uh, okay, no, let's man. just say he hides in the bedroom that's not occupied, right? He's in the yeah. bedroom that's not occupied. Um, maybe perhaps he doesn't know where Kaylee's at, so he goes into Ethan and, and Zana's room and, and commits that murder because he walked in there and then goes upstairs and finds him. I mean, that's possible, but... You know, he he would have had to have been in that house for a significant amount of time. And, you know, in my opinion, you would think that if he's watching this house, he's a stalker. He's probably hiding out in the third bedroom or the third floor. And Mm -hmm. or if everybody goes to sleep, unless he's hiding out in the closet of Ethan and Zana's room, um, you know, but then that's risky and that's ballsy because. You know, these people are coming home. They usually get dressed and changed into different clothing mm-hmm. at night. And so to hide in the closet, there's a good possibility that somebody could go into the closet. Yeah. Maybe hid under the bed. I mean, there's plausible places. But yeah. the usually when it comes down to cases, I try to find the most reasonable answers, usually the right one. And so if he was in there already, I, I just don't see him going into um Ethan and Zana's room without having the necessity to do so. You know what I'm saying? Even if let's just say they weren't home and that was his point of entry, that bedroom window, why stay in that room? Hmm. That is true. You know what I mean? I would, I would assume to go hide in an unoccupied room until it got quiet and then go do what you got to do in the rooms that you know where they're at. You know, the bottom floor wasn't touched. And so. So, like, if if he wasn't in there and he knew. Okay, if he wasn't in the house, the murder wasn't in, wasn't in the house, then obviously he was stuck in the place. And he already had he already had the idea of where he's going to enter. Maybe he already had checked it out before just to make sure it was open. Waited till everybody went to sleep and then walked, got in and then did the crime right right um that sounds more probable maybe uh ken says kaylee was a target her and madison were sleeping in the same bed killer had to take take out both ethan probably woke probably to a scream or commotion ethan goes to check sit kills them and santa uh the thing is i think the police have put out there that all four were killed in bed and so that was put out there that they were killed and killed while sleeping or in bed um you know i and I, and I didn't say it then, but, you know, when we're breaking this down and we're talking about potential, like how this thing went down and and why kill all four. I had assumed then that there was a good possibility that Kaylee and, and, and Madison were sleeping in the same bedroom um, that night, given also the fact that they were making phone calls off each other's phones really, really late and, and, and things of that nature. Um, but I. I I don't know. I, I think that when you look at the 911 call for a unconscious person, I, I, there's reports that the killer locked the door behind him uh, in Madison's room where Kaylee and Madison were at. If he also entered Ethan and Zana's room, one would assume that he probably did the same. And if the uh, the bedrooms are locked and the two occupants downstairs can't make entry or calling, knocking, aren't getting uh, an answer from the other side of the door, they may call the police or paramedics to do a welfare check. Um, 
based on that because of somebody being unconscious. They could have potentially had called some of their friends like, hey, we're, we're trying to get um, we're trying to to get, um, you know, Ethan and Xana up. And nobody's answering the door and nobody's answering upstairs. Call their friends over, try to get them to to help wake them up or whatever the case may be. And then one person calls the police like, hey, maybe we should call the cops because they're not waking up. This could be a, a medical emergency, so to speak. And so he does that. Um police get there and then they uh, are able to make entry into the room and find the murder scene. Because I don't think that based on the description of what was there at the scene, I don't think that somebody's mistaking uh, one of these four victims for being unconscious. It sounds like it was pretty bloody. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure, man. Like, especially knife wounds, man. And sure. not only that, with like alcohol in your system, thins out your blood, man. You'll, you'll be spurting, spurting that blood out everywhere. For sure, for sure. We welcoming Big Blue back. How's it going, Big Blue? I don't know, man. I had to drive across town, so I had to get off. But now I wanted to let y'all know about one of the things y'all were talking about when you said about the sister knowing, like, the time that she got home. Well, I know a lot of my friends, when they go out, they always give one of them their location and the location app, and they'll tell you where you're at at certain times and what time you get there. Mm -hmm. So maybe they had the location app on and it sent the sister the message, hey, this is the time that she was at home when she looked at the app. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Lipschitz says, auto-locking doors on those off-campus housing, they rented individually with a common area. I mean, some of them are. Definitely. So I, I'm not I don't know if every every um, if every dwelling off campus is going to be the same or have those uh, rules in place. There may be only that they have to have one of those locks on the front door and and individual locks on the doors, but not be uh, a um, one of those lock on its own type of doors. Let's see. <clears throat> Um, you, wait, wait, you said, um, um, well, which door did they say that they uh, uh, he that supposedly the killer, um, uh, locked behind him? The the third floor, Madison's oh, okay. room. Okay, I mean, because even if you like, let's say you lock the door right and you shimmy the the door like with a credit card or whatever, and you mm -hmm. pop it open, it's still locked, but you can open the door and they'll stay locked yeah you know what i'm saying like he probably put something in there popped it open opened the door did what he had to do locked and, and closed the door he didn't lock it on purpose it was just locked because he shimmied the door right yeah and for those that don't know how, how that works is uh with some of the doors that they're not framed properly you can slide a credit card down the side and just pop the door wide open without even any tools you know, yep. I used to do it all the time when I worked construction and the builder would lock the doors and be like, the builders, the builder doesn't get there till nine and I would show up at seven to work. Like, okay, well, let me check the door. See if the, the, the framers are done. The framers ain't done. I'll just get my card out of my wallet and pop the door open, start working. And I wasn't losing sure. two hours. K 
Ken says that from what he heard was that one of the surviving roommates discovered Ethan ran out of the house, passed out, and that's what initiated the 911 call, that somebody was unconscious outside, frantic and and whatnot. The thing is, the guy, the uh, the neighbor guy who was um, um, was also suspected by a lot of Internet um, content creators. Um, yes, yeah, was uh, he stated that he had. Basically, there wasn't any commotion or yelling outside. There wasn't any of those things that it went from like police and then more police. And, um, you know, I understand that aspect and I get that. Uh, and that, that does make a little bit of sense to me uh, that, you know, somebody would see that run outside, pass out. And then you call the police because of the person that's passed out outside. Uh, and then they make entry and find the murder scene. So, I mean, it does make a little bit of sense. I just feel that, um, you know, you would uh, you would think that there would be a, a larger commotion outside and that the neighbor would have kind of led off with that. He, You know, he kind of made it seem like there wasn't a commotion outside in one of his interviews. He said that it was quiet and that there were just police presence all over the place, so to speak. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. And as far as the locks go, I know that there was one large pin lock on the uh on the front door i'm not certain that those pin locks were inside on every door yeah and so that's what know, i was the, thinking i think it's just well, i mean maybe i that's what i was thinking too that maybe it's just the front door that has that mm -hmm. and then the rest of them are pretty much those cheap um hollowed doors that everybody uses yeah yeah because yeah, you know i i looked at let me see if I can find it. I looked at the the Zillow for the property and I was looking at the doors and I don't remember there being locks like that. And this property was just put up for rent. Now, I know that the dad, one of the dads changed the locks on one of the rooms, but that wouldn't be the case. Let me see if I can find that again. Let me let me look it back up real quick. I was looking at at that aspect as well. Let's let's bring it up and. See what we can find of some some images of inside the house. Let's see, Trulia. Oh man, I think I think they may have taken all the pictures from inside the house. Off no. since the last time we did this. They probably did. I wonder why. Like, I mean, what are they? What are they gonna? You know what I mean? Like, what's the risk of people letting people know that what, how the 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 out the house is mapped out? And so, this is from inside the house. I see just the doorknob right there, um, to one of those bedrooms. Uh, but it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can find another one real quick. Let's see. So I had found one that had a crap ton of photos on it. I think it was on Zillow, and then now Zillow doesn't have anything for that address. Let's see. That's crazy. What's that? I said that's crazy, yeah, but they do that sometimes just to, to block mm. like overuse of their website. Because you imagine how many people are researching it. Because um, I saw one video go up, like the one I sent you, the guy with a drone that was flying around the house. He mm -hmm. had like he had like two hundred thousand views in like two days, just because of that drone video where he was kind of flying around pretty close to the house. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see. I know there's some TikToks and stuff out there of the residents I'm uh, of, of these girls, um, their TikToks and things of that nature. I'm going to go through it and see if I can catch that, if I can catch a, a glimpse of uh, of the doors. But uh, I'm not I'm not seeing any of that. Um, you know, from what I remember seeing from the pictures that I had saw on this property earlier. Let me see. All right, I think I found some. Yeah, share this quick. So that's a restroom door. Look, this is a uh, bedroom. There's just a a doorknob. Could be on the other side though. Another one just looks like a doorknob with one of those little twisty, twisty locks on the doorknob. Mm-hmm. Here's one with the doorknob open. That's yes. not a yeah. There's there's nothing on there that says that this had any kind of auto locking doors or or a pin for each doorknob. It looks like each doorknob right here. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. just a regular doorknob. Pop those easy, man. I thought another just a plain six panel doors. You know, what I mean, half of them are like Jaime said, they're cardboard. Some of them are, are wood. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's it called? I mean, pretty much all you have to do is just uh, cut a J hook on on a credit card, man. Hmm. Not even, not even. I would just push the door with my shoulder and just slide it down, and it pops them right open. Don't even make yeah, no noise. Yeah, you can see the both sides. You can see the doorknob going through there. There's there's plenty of images there. These doors, unless they were added after the fact, uh, this is a door. This is the inside of a bedroom with the door open. So this is the outside door um, of this bedroom. And there's nothing there that indicates that there's a pin or anything there. And so it would not have been difficult for. And then you can look at the tile on the floor, the subs, the, the floor, the it it's laminate. It's not. That's not hardwood floor. Um, you know, let's see. This may have been their bedroom. This is where the bed could have been in this little hole. This is the second floor I'm talking about. I don't see a window here, window here. So the window could be behind. This could be Zana's bedroom right here, in my opinion. Where Zana and Ethan were at. Yeah. I think this is it. As you can see, it's kind of tucked in up against the wall there if they were sleeping here. And blood seeped down this direction. Could get through there pretty easily. So we debunk that one. I don't know, man. The the right trim guy that's supposed to cock that stuff. Yeah. What you know? What this could be? It this is this could be that that door. This is a window here. This is a long window. No, look at the angle of the roof. This is third floor. This is shorter than this is longer. Ooh. This is this is the third floor. Yeah, and then like I'm pretty sure those some of those. Can you go back to the? Is there any pictures with the frame? Just the frame itself, like the door frame, like the door open. Oh, they're, they're uh, a little bit too far away. Let me see. Well, because sometimes they put like almost this like 
weather stripping. So it, 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 it what's it called? It's harder to you know try to jimmy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it don't you know, look like, like there's any weather stripping there. Yeah, sometimes it's like uh like sometimes it's gold, sometimes it's, it's different colors, it just depends. But this like, is the third floor. Go ahead. But yeah, like sometimes that weather stripping like makes it a lot more difficult than it's supposed to be. Oh and and, and I get this, doctor. Uh I get it one hundred percent that everyone has to be code locked and whatnot, but it doesn't mean that that they are. And this is a uh pretty recent. I think that this um it was recently renovated not too long, too long ago. Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't doubt what you're saying. What was that? What was that? Um, on top of right next to that door, a little square. Go back, back. But even if they did change those locks, right? Uh-huh. The two, yeah. the the two of the girls in the bottom locked their doors, and the ones on top didn't. So they probably didn't even close the door. This is the second floor. Oh, well, they probably would have closed the door. Maybe it was already hiding in the bedroom. Yeah. What, yeah. what was it? What was that square that's right next to the door on one of the pictures? The next one. Next one. Uh, more. More. Next one. Again. Again. That one. That one. Uh, keep on going. That one. No. No. Keep on going. I saw something. Let me go all the way. Let me go all the way to the beginning real quick. Maybe it's maybe I didn't. All right, this is the first picture. Yeah. Okay. All right, boys. This time I'm for real. I gotta go. Y'all have a good day. All right, man. Take care. You too, big blue. Be careful tonight. This square? No. Um. Another. That one. What is that? This one? Yeah. What's that square on the very top? Oh, right here. Yeah. What is that? That looks like a thermostat. Is that what it is? Yeah, it looks like a thermostat. I could be wrong, but it looks like an old school thermostat. Old school? It's pretty. It's pretty nice house for an old thermostat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like uh, that looks like the like the real old ones, man. You have to like have pull that little leg, the little thing to the side to make it sure what what what. Degrees you wanted it. Yeah. It's uh, crazy, man. I, I thought it would have been like digital at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is that second floor bedroom. You can tell by the uh the frame of the door. And I wish I could see the another angle from this. Is this it? Because look at the flooring. It's that shiny brown material. Wait, hold on. No, this is going elongated this way. And this is going that direction, so that's not the right room. Yeah, it's a different room. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find another angle of this room. I think this is... No, this is the third floor because of the angle of the roof. Oh, yeah. Unless unless this picture is the third floor. Can you see outside? Yeah, you can see outside, though, and it doesn't... I don't know. I don't look like this. I don't think this is the third floor. I think this might be the second floor. It's, they're not in, in, in any particular order, and that's kind of what's troublesome. This is the second floor where the uh, that loft slash living room was at. And so um, 
And see, Ken says that he feels that the kids got comfortable, neglected their security, and failed to lock their rooms and possible external doors. My opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's quite possible. I mean, when you're they also looking drinking. at yeah, they're also drinking, so that's clear that 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 that's a possibility for sure. It's the first floor, first floor, second floor. Uh, this is, I think. What is that? That looks like that's that. Um, that's the bottom floor. Yeah, yeah, that looks like the uh, the outside area yeah. where the uh, the the stones are at, and so. <clears throat> Very interesting. Very interesting. Great exercise. I like going through this. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, doctor asks, who do you think did it? Who do you think did it? Do you think that it's somebody that they've brought up? Do you kind of fall in line with the uh, with the family? Um, I kind of feel that he's more involved in the in the victim's lives than than, than like just a stranger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think they had some personal Almost like you said, like a personal vendetta. For sure. And and for me, like I said, it's, it, you know, I can kind of deduce who I think it could be. You know, it's going to be somebody probably that's attending the school or university um, up to somebody that is a, um, a a regular patron of the bars that she attends. You know, it's a smaller town. So, um, you know, if it's not somebody that's at the university, uh you know, it'll be a local person from that town that's a little bit older. There's probably not a tremendous amount of people in that town that are, you know, between that age group that are not at the university. And so, um, you know, I think they can kind of deduce it to either being somebody that was um, that went to school with her and or would visit her at the uh, at, at, at the bar. Now, in my opinion, this is completely 100 percent speculation is and I said this a little bit earlier is. I think that we have a guy who um, you have Kaylee who was in in, a, in the middle of a breakup right now. Her and her boyfriend were getting back together, but they had broken up. She may have made that known public that she was broken up and somebody may have taken that as a as being that she's available. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe perhaps he was at the part at a couple of parties here at this residence or um, had seen Kaylee at the bar or went to school with her, whatever the case may be. And um, maybe talk to her and, um, you know, if she was intoxicated or a friendly person, he may have taken her friendliness out of context. You get what I'm saying? And thinking that it was something more than what it was. He uh, fantasized about this uh, potential life that he could have with with Kaylee, her friends, her family being a part or association in their circle. This is probably a guy that is a loner. So that entices him. You know what I'm saying? It entices him to want to be around um, this popular group. And he probably thinks that he has that opportunity to. And when, um, you know, this fantasy of this life that he thought envisioned for himself, you know, kind of went up in flames, especially if she maybe perhaps told him that she's getting back with the ex, something of that nature, that she's not available and getting turned down um, could potentially, you know, his world that he created in his brain went to pieces. And so um, I can see somebody like that going to this extent. Um, and when you look at the guy at the food truck uh, place, you know, he was a guy that was trying to make sure that they got home. He was trying to be the good guy, trying to be, um, you know, these around these girls, obviously. Well, and they seems like they friend zoned him. You know what I mean? 
and they left him. They ditched him. They left him there by himself. He took off. Um, you know, there's been speculation that that guy is named Jack also, but a different Jack, Jack um, Showalter or something like that. And, you know, there's been footage and uh, pictures on that guy's mom's Facebook that show him hunting and have AK bar knife style style knife in his premises um, around animal carcasses that he had hunted. And then you have the fact that there's speculation that he left the country um, and you have the family asking for the alibis of some of the people that the pit, that the, pit, that the police uh, had cleared. And so when you kind of put all those things together, it kind of points in that direction, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? Um, uh, it's, it's, it's so it's so difficult, man, because like in those kind of like areas, you know, like there's going to be people that hunt and then they have their knowledgeable about, you know, how to kill and whatnot. So like it's it's hard to just like you see someone with a knife and, and automatically kind of want to think that he's has something to do with it. But like if the police investigators, um, the first three, like the first 48 hours are the most crucial. Like if, if when it comes down to evidence and after that, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to solve something with, without evidence, you know, getting the first 48 hours. Uh, something like an episode of the first three. What's mm -hmm. it called? Um, but um, I think if, their police work was shoddy in the beginning. It's going to be so difficult to to solve at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially, like I said, like with with the house that's used for parties and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then like you got volunteers helping the the, the police, and it, it's probably all contaminated. It's 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 just hard to tell if it's gonna you know with the evidence we have so far if it's even possible to um, name a suspect. Right. For sure. And um, I, I don't know, man, I, I think that the police might have an eye on who they think it is. Um, I think they have more information than what they're obviously releasing. Well, sure. Uh, you know, I know Ken brought it up earlier that it takes sometimes 45 to 60 days to come back for DNA. I think that they know the process in which the order in which that the murders happen. And that's probably an easy way to determine. Go look at the blood DNA. If the same knife was used, then there's going to be certain bodies that were murdered first that are not going to have the DNA or the blood of the other bodies that were murdered later. And mm -hmm. so you can kind of deduce who was first based on that information. And so, you know, they, they probably got a really clear idea of what happened that night. Uh, as far as in the order in which these murders occurred and how they occurred and uh, that information, they're not going to they're going to keep close to the chest because that information is something only the police and the forensic team will know and the killer would know. And when it comes down time to interrogate a potential suspect, then you're probably looking at that information as being key for uh, proving you know, proof of beyond reasonable doubt that, hey, you know, this person knew the um, the order in which they were murdered in, things of that nature that wasn't released out to the public, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Kimmy Canuck says that she worked at a uh, university and they had one of those auto lock doors and someone jimmied the door and stole her purse. Uh, it was it was on campus, cops, camera 
got my purse back empty, found at the campus bar. And so, you know, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. When you're looking at a, a, a house that is for rent, um, it's a it's a business. Right. And usually what these guys are doing as far as the business aspect of it goes is put as little as much, you know, um, money into this project and to try to recuperate the most possible profit possibility possible. And so you're going to put in not the most or the best of quality things. You're going to put the laminate flooring. You're going to put the cheapest locks that are, that are recommended. You're going to put, you know, single pane windows, things of that nature, because this isn't a house that you're living in. This is a house that you're renting out. And, and honestly, when you're renting out a house, whether you put those extra things in it or not, that doesn't increase the rent usually by that much. And so, um, to maximize your profitability, you end up putting, you know, um, lower, lower end products in your, in your rental property, um, so to speak. And that can lead to those type of situations where people are able to Jimmy a lock that usually, you know, you would assume and hope that wouldn't be the case. Um, let's see. <laughs> D. Adway, you're absolutely correct. One thing is certain someone did it. Let's see. Um, LGW says, this guy likely already knew who slept in what room. I mean, if he was stalking them and watching them for a certain amount of time, I find the the time frame in which that they passed away to be a little coincidental. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, these folks were on the phone until 2.45 a.m. You know, I feel that the, the killer was probably watching them before that you know, from either outside or inside the house, you know, it's a little coincidental that the killer would have arrived at that time. And, you know, it just so happened to be that they fell asleep just earlier based on the, on the text messages that they were up till around three o'clock in the morning. And that's Kaylee and Madison, you know, messaging and calling the ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, why does KG family insist that people were cleared too fast? That tells me an earlier suspect was cleared. The family may suspect. Yeah, we kind of went over that. We're talking about um, the food truck guy. They kind of deduce who they suspect in their um, in their uh, interview. In fact, I'll bring you know. Let's let's watch this, and then we'll talk about this, and then we'll probably put a bow on it here in a little bit. Good. So, um, murders took place one consistent thing and, and granted there's been some you know changes as you note in, in how the police have described this one consistent uh, descriptor has been that the attack was targeted do you know do you know if police believe one person in the house was the target of this attack or all four i've been told it's one but then again there's the the vagueness like it's like purposely vague i'm hoping but it confuses everyone yeah because nobody knows what that really means other yeah. than maybe somebody had a, a, a different kind of attack footprint. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, that's, I, I feel like we just want some more, we all want to play a part in helping mm -hmm. and we can't play a part if we don't have any real substantial yeah. information to work from. Yeah, I get it. You want to help. So, I mean, Olivia, you found video that has been helpful in this investigation. I'm sure uh, you, you do want to help. A has anyone indicated to you that if it was indeed one person targeted, it was one person targeted, was Kaylee the target? Has anybody shared that with you? They won't confirm who that was to us. The police, that is. There, there is. 
He said that they won't confirm to us that. And then he go, the, the, the brother said, the police, that is. And in that earlier interview that we brought up, um, Steve, the father here, he talked about paying the bill and finding out these things on his own. It sounds like they hired a private investigator that is leaking some of this information to them. Just kind of putting my two thoughts there on that one. Um, this interview is not too old. It was last week, but it has it talks about the alibi. And that's what we want to talk about here in a few minutes, I think. Or not the alibi it talks about clearing certain people. I'm sorry. Let's the rumor that that's the case, but it's just, just a yeah. rumor at this point. Like tons yeah. and tons of rumors, but nothing from the police. And I'll so say I think it. a lot of those rumors do stem from all of the vagueness, and yeah. it's human nature to want answers. It's human nature to kind of put forth a theory so that it can you can even comprehend it in your brain. Mm. Um, and so I think that's how we're getting all of some of these really, really off-the-wall theories and some of these theories like Kelly had a stalker that even we're sitting here scratching our heads saying, no, you know, it, it couldn't be. If, if it was, it would be news to us. Yeah. 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 I, I, I am sure uh, it, is, it is frustrating. Your family has been very outs outspoken in support of Jack. He's Kaylee's ex-boyfriend. Uh, and on the Moscow police website, though, Moscow police website, he is not listed, notably, as someone who has been cleared in the investigation. T to your knowledge, is that significant? No, um, I, I don't personally think so, because I think that there's the entire rest of the world that's also not on that list of people who have been cleared, right. um, including Maddie's boyfriend, including any associates of Zana or Ethan that might not be involved. Um, I, I don't find that significant at all. And there were a number of phone calls to him that night, and you say that would have been typical behavior for Kaylee, that, that she often would call friends, folks, you know, for, for a whole bunch of things. At, at any time, yeah, <laughs> multiple times until I would pick up at 3 a.m. and be like, Kaylee, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And some of the last footage of her at that food court, she's on her phone 24-7 filming the whole thing. So she lived yeah. on that phone, so. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you're saying that the delays here in sharing information, uh, the delays in, well, frankly, making more progress on the investigation, mean the police have have lost their best opportunity, right? I think, Olivia, you were saying that, that, that those early hours and days are key. That's when you can make real pro progress. Do, mm -hmm. do you believe that they, they've missed their best chance here or may have? Not only is that, that's just not a matter of opinion. That's a matter of fact. If you look yeah. statistically at homicide cases, those first 10 days are so incredibly important in finding yeah. a suspect. They determine almost yeah. nine out of 10 times, I believe it was, if you find a suspect. So yeah, that's not very encouraging to hear that they want to cast this wide net of suspects now. And people we know have no involvement. I've been told. That was the end of that video. Um, in that video, and we, we kind of went through it. They they say that they still stand by Jack. They talk about some of the suspects that were cleared. Um, and we, we went through the earlier interview um, where they're a little bit more heated and upset. And they're talking about releasing the alibis um, and that they may have cleared people a little bit too soon. And so when you look at some of the suspects that were cleared already, you know, and, and you look at the various different interviews that the family have done, you know, they don't 
they don't suspect the uh, the two girls that were inside the house. They don't suspect the uh, the ex boyfriend or you know soon to be re, you know boyfriend again and Jack that they know of. Um, they don't suspect those guys. Uh, I don't believe you know. I've heard other interviews. It doesn't sound like they suspect. Um, what do you call it? Um, it doesn't sound like they suspect the persons that called nine one one. It kind of boils down to that food truck guy, in my opinion. And that's kind of where it circles back around. Do you think that there's a possibility that the uh, uh, Moscow Police Department cleared him just to kind of maybe, I don't know, give him some false pretense to hopefully maybe he slips? What do you think, Hunter? It could be. It could be. Maybe he'll be relaxed and make a a mistake, get something out. You know, thinking that he got away with something, you know. What I mean? Yeah. Uh, maybe even maybe he can um, uh, change his alibi. That that'll that'll, that'll be a, a red flag. Changes alibi, or he, or he he injects more information into his alibi. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's it's uh, <laughs> I think it will bring up red flags, but maybe that maybe that's the tactic they're trying to do. Just give him that false pretense of. You know what I mean? Of not being a suspect. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And you know, I think that that's 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 a tactic they may be pursuing, or perhaps maybe he does have a solid alibi. But you know, at this point, there's so much speculation going in that direction. Um, it would probably be in the best interest of that gentleman to probably give out his alibi publicly, just so that people can kind of clear him as well. I mean, at the end of the day, if if he took off and and he was um, streaming on Twitch as well, video games the rest of the night. And they have proof of that and they can see that then, you know, at that point, regardless of whatever pictures there are out there, regardless of the fraternity kicking him out, regardless of him being out of the country, none of those things matter. He was accounted for during the time of the attack. You get what I'm saying? And so it would have to be a very solid alibi. And, you know, they were talking about the the uh, speed in which it was um, cleared. And he was one of the first guys cleared as far as not being involved in this case. And so I, I don't know, man, I think it's pretty crazy. I don't want to jump to conclusions and say that that's the guy because it very well may not be in like um, um, Steve Kaylee's dad said, you don't want to make a, uh, a victim uh, into a suspect or into, you know, ruin a victim's life. Yeah. Um, but with that said, guys, I think we're going to close it down pretty soon. Please, guys, if you guys would do us a favor, we're trying to hit a thousand subscribers. If you guys would hit that subscribe button uh, and share the content out. Um, we're we're new to uh, the mystery murder mystery stuff. We've done a couple of a um, couple of shows already. Um, we've talked Thank about you. this case. We talked about the Delphi murder case, which I want to talk on real, real fast. Um, we've had a lot of questions about. Richard Allen, if we think that he was caught on camera walking back full of blood and mud. And I am um, kind of skeptical about that. You look at the uh, probable cause affidavit and that one camera there on uh, 300 North, it catches all the cars going to the uh, old CPS building. It catches um, including Richard Allen driving to that direction. And it's it's put into the affidavit that they are confirming that they see them. It does not confirm somebody walking. I found that to be a uh, little bit of a concern. So I don't think that there's a video of Richard Allen walking. 
And um, I think we're going to try and bring on a weapons um, expert to kind of talk to us about that shell casing stuff. And so that's probably going to happen maybe Wednesday, but we will be going live Wednesday night, guys. So please ring that notification bell. That way you're notified when we go live. Um, Hyman, do you have any other questions for us before we ha- or comments before we head out? Before we run out of battery, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what's it called? Um, you know, I hope it doesn't take five years like the Delphi murders. Yeah. You know I mean, I hope it doesn't turn into a cold case. Um, even though, you know, cold cases do get solved, but they get solved way past their time that, you know, the, the parents, the family members don't get that closure. And I hope that's not the case here. For sure. For sure. And if you guys caught us halfway or in the middle, we broke down early on. Please go back and watch it. We broke down the entry point. We broke down why we suspect that the entry point was where it was at. And, and given the clues based on the family, I please, please thank you so much, Ken, for subscribing. I, I, I please recommend going back and watching that. That'll kind of clear up some of the stuff that we were talking about at the, uh, the end of the program. If you missed the first half. Um, but with that being said, guys, if you're watching this on the replay, please give us your thoughts and theories. Mm-hmm. But we're going to put a wrap on this show tonight. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Peace out. Later, man. Later. <laughs>